1: What's up, you guys? It's November 4th. It's Fightful.com. Sean Ross Sapp here, back on the post-show for NXT, for AEW. It's a good time, and I'm here to share that good time with Alex Pawlowski and Robert... DeFelice, we're reviewing AEW, reviewing NXT. Reminder, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. If you're watching after the fact, leave a comment. That stuff helps too. I can't tell you guys how much leaving a thumbs up on this video early really helps us out. But you know what helps us out even more? How about some super chats? How about you guys send us money and then in trade, we read your question or statement on the air. Hot diggity damn that's what we're going to be doing and if you're thinking oh my gosh it's been 30 minutes he hasn't answered my question well we get to it as the segments actually happen on the show but alex Palowski, this is a reuniting of sorts we were doing shows once twice a week yeah and and then just not yes do you have anything to
2: say about us I, I I will I will say it's it's good to be back in in your good graces, uh, Sean. I was banished to my own show on the on the on the pay site where where like I'm here alone, and I often don't even know if anybody's watching. It's sometimes some I I, I often feel like if somebody walked down the stairs in my basement and saw me yelling into a laptop about Survivor Series, <laughs> that I'd just be taken away to the to the loony <laughs> bin.
1: Let me just specify. Your show does good numbers on Select, <laughs> in case you were curious, because I don't update you on that type of thing. Your show does very good numbers. Good. It's good. one of the more popular shows Fantastic. on Fightful Select, to the point to where our boss actually watches it, and he doesn't watch that. Uh, I got Robert DeFelice here as well. If you guys are ever around on Fightful during the weekends, you know him. He's doing all kinds of writing over there. You'll be covering... Uh, some full gear news this weekend, Robert.
3: Yes, uh, big AEW weekend. I'm excited to get the Sean up rub for the first time.
1: Well, you know what? There, there's a Bluetooth segue there, but I'm not gonna go there. You're <laughs> not getting any kind of rub from me. But what we are gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna change the format up a little bit here. I mean, it'll it'll still be pretty standard. It'll be a little bit more of a digestible show, so to speak. Uh, we won't necessarily be doing a play-by-play of every single move that happened, but we're going to run down these shows. I want you guys to uh, chime in with your thoughts. I thought AEW Dynamite kicked all kinds of ass tonight, Robert. Oh, my God. One of the
3: best Dynamites I've seen in a while. Eddie Kingston should have closed the show. I'm not yep. too yep. mad at Cody closing the show, but Eddie Kingston and John Moxley fucking stole it right off the bat and wow i cannot wait for their i quit match on saturday
1: well let's talk about right off the bat dasha is backstage she's interviewing members of the inner circle mjf says he doesn't want tension there Uh, that's a point that he reiterated to me as i interviewed him earlier this week i interviewed jake hager last week he seemed very very fond of mjf honestly but mjf i mean he's he does numbers, so that's why I talk to him. Uh, that's that's really why. Robert, do you have any thoughts on MJF in general and just his thoughts on you? Uh,
3: MJF said I was about as ex- as exciting as dry fucking paint. I don't know <laughs> if that's like a subcategory on any sites that he goes on. I don't know what his deal is, but you know what? I like MJF, Well, and I'm looking forward to seeing him on Saturday, too.
1: The way that he found us was in the tags for the show. I put dry as fucking paint in those tags on YouTube. So he he was able, search engine optimization, Robert, and it paid off for us. We got MJF tweeting about our show. It, it, it won, but uh, he won. Wardlow, it seemed like he carried a lot of the load, but you had Sammy Guevara and Ortiz here. Sammy, of course, a future star. The interactions between Sammy and MJF had a little bit of an extra... Uh, I I don't know what the term I should use, but a little bit extra on them because we've seen a lot of the, the back and forth between them over the last few weeks. And he even brought it up in the interview, Robert, there is this weird, like, no, I want to be his favorite
3: son. And it's like competing siblings. I like the tension here. I'm not as convinced that uh, they're not going to get along. I think, MJF and Sammy might actually find themselves as a good tag team somewhere down the line. I think this all leads to MJF taking the inner circle out from under Chris Jericho because at the end of the day, and I know you asked him about this too, Jericho won't be in that 18 to 49 demographic. And the inner circle's gotta be relevant.
1: We have the article pre-written for Monday at midnight. Chris Jericho turns 50. It's ready to go. Alex, the demo god cannot be the demo god anymore. No, I mean he can he can draw
2: them, but he's not among them. Yes. Uh, uh yeah I'm I'm still pulling for an eventual NWO white versus NWO red where you get MJF leading one half of the faction and Jericho leading the other and like guys like Santana Ortiz have to choose. Yes. You know what I mean? You get like surprises like somehow Sammy goes with MJF. What what is this <laughs> crazy? I, I'm looking forward to something like that. I think it'd be really cool. MJF
3: I hope it that, involves a fake Darby Allen.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, Ricky Starks did great as a fake Darby Allen. Uh, Ricky Starks told me that when he pitched that Tony Khan was like, oh okay." And then a couple weeks later, he's like, "Hey, you ready to do the thing?" <laughs> Which I love what that says about the input of AEW wrestlers. Like, even though Tony Khan might be like, "Oh man, awesome man, awesome man," he puts it in his mind, he implements it later. That's not something that probably happens much in WWE, at least in my experience. So MJF also told me if he goes to the inner circle, Wardlow comes with him and had some very choice words about his contract. Says like his contract is do what I say, (laughs) things like that. Uh, But I thought this was a fine opening match, to be honest with you. I thought it was pretty solid uh, and it it did what it needed to do. You have Matt Hardy coming out and attacking Sammy with a chair. Now, see, the thing is, it's a little bit different than all the distraction finishes we saw in NXT because there are layers in AEW. In WWE, it's just like, okay, Tony Storm does not have a program whatsoever, and she's got a distraction finish. Almost everybody here has an angle or something on the line, even if they're not in a match at full gear. Ortiz has something on the line. MJF's either going to be with him or not. Uh, Sammy has a match Saturday. MJF a match Saturday Wardlow's future, but then Matt Hardy shows up as well. We, you know, we often complain about distraction finishes. Robert, how would you feel about this one?
3: I thought it was fine. The only thing I didn't like was JR saying, "Well, he's got a ticket because why do contracted <laughs> employees need tickets?" I and wish he was on the show later as well.
1: I wish they would make that out to him being sarcastic because that does seem like something that JR would just say to be a smartass, like, "Ah, oh, he's got a ticket because that's the trope." Is yeah, with, he's got a ticket afterwards. MJF attacks Chris Jericho and Alex. It very much seemed like, and I know you don't follow BTE, the old trope, like the young bucks would make fun of it whenever they'd get kicked in the mouth and they'd go, Oh, I like that. Yeah. More of that.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, um, I, I, it's there's also there's another angle here that, that, that could be played. Uh, this is what I love about AEW so much is that it always feels like they've got like, six different possible storylines simmering yes. in the pot. And all I have to do is like choose one by pushing a button and it's off to the races. Like that was the thing about about uh, uh, um, Kenny and and hangman and 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 the bucks and FTR like you never know like t- tonight there's some more intrigue like hey man, a-, a couple weeks ago weren't FTR and hangman like buddies and now like oh like who knows? like I love that. So like with this, there's a possible thing with like Jericho, like I've created a monster and NMJF yes. and I get to control him. If I, if I, if I beat him, I can beat him and then say, you're allowed to come into the, uh, to this, to the inner circle anyway. And now I control you. Like there's a lot of cool things that they could do whenever they decide to do it. I like that.
1: Robert, did you get a chance to see the Excalibur interview with Miro and Trent yesterday? I did.
3: I, there's a lot about this. That's really good. Touching on some real FCW stuff. You know, you were my young boy. Good stuff I was not expecting from Miro and
1: Trent. That ruled so much. Like, I wa- I looked at this feud and I said, that's stupid. I was like, this feud is, is dumb. Okay, he ran into an arcade cabinet. It was an accident. Big deal. Trent straight up said in the video, he's like, dude, you assaulted me. You committed, like... You committed a crime multiple times, and I didn't press charges on you. I was like, okay, good. He's making sense of that. He he says to Miro, you're wearing $400 shirts, but your arcade cabinet collapses when somebody falls into it? Like, it's trash. Why are you that worried about it? And Miro's like, no, no, this was to my friend. It was a sentimental gift to my friend. And, like, that, it seemed real. And them going back and forth was good. Excalibur muting both of them like they were in a presidential debate was hilarious because you could see them both flipping out. AEW does so good, Alex, and I don't know if you saw this, but it does so good when they need to close a hole or they need to close a gap, they do it. Yeah, they're they're very, very good at that. And there's 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 things that
2: that that I said this on Twitter, like when 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 they hit, it's a freight trace. Sorry, it's a freight train. Yep. When they miss, woof. Like yes. th- for me, for me, this this weird convoluted build to what sh- what what basically was for all wrestling fans an absolute dream match in the Young Bucks versus the Revival. Now FTR yeah. years ago, where I was like, man, I don't think I'll ever get to see that. But- it would be so amazing to see it. And the build to it has been so convoluted and it felt like you just got to like pick a direction and go with it. Like two weeks ago, like the young bucks are super kicking innocent people and just being totally healish. But now we're supposed to like feel bad for them because FTR is mean to them. I don't know what that is, but when they, when they, when they do it right, when they close gaps, when they just let two amazing promos, like Moxley and Kingston, like yell into each other's mouths for two minutes, like that. They're so great, and I want them. To, I want them to to do all of the great stuff and close up those places where they don't do stuff well.
1: And uh, for those of you who are kind of new to the show, I do give a little bit more of a leash to AEW because they don't have the the established decades long track record of not being willing to make good on things. Like we, we've seen them completely abandon the Nightmare Collective because it sucked because yeah. it wasn't good. Uh, Miro won this match over Trent. It was a good match. Robert, I think he needed to have a really good singles match.
3: He did have a really good singles match. I'd almost argue he needed to be a little more dominant. Maybe he gave Trent too much. Because Miro is still this guy who can be your main event player. He did wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania. And I want to see more. Where is your world title drive? Listen, I respect that he told... Inside the ropes. I don't want to be a bad guy because who wakes up in the morning wanting to be a bad guy? I respect that. But at the end of the day, you're in this industry to be a killer. And there's some killer instinct still lingering there that they need to capitalize on. But ultimately, I thought this was really good. And I like all the shots at Trent's mom, Sue.
1: Yeah. Oh, and Sue was a draw. My God. One of my top five drawing interviews of the year was Sue. How drew MJF. So far, yes. So far, yes. Uh, Outdrew his from last year, too. But granted, at the time that I interviewed MJF last year, we had the same number of Twitter followers, and that ain't the case anymore, needless to say. Uh, After this match, uh, you see Miro still going, at Trent, and then Orange Cassidy does a dive. This is another one of those seeds that are planted. Like Alex, you mentioned, they've got Feud just set up and ready to go. In WWE, what would have happened was Trent would have gotten gotten his heat back and nobody would have gotten any heat at all. Right. Now Miro gets a win. Trent, sorry, buddy. You're going to be fine losing to Miro. But now they can queue up Miro versus Orange Cassidy. I like this. Absolutely. And that'll be a good feud too. Yeah. It will be. Uh, so I thought they did pretty good with this. You also saw Penelope Ford uh, kind of getting involved here and there. Really good stuff. Oh, really good stuff is team Taz. Taz and Ricky Starks are so goddamn good at cutting promos. Ricky Starks is just my God. You, you know who you know who the best developmental system has been this year? NWA. <laughs> NWA over the last year has produced Thunder Rosa, Eddie Kingston, uh you, you've got Allison K popping up on full gear now. And and now you got Ricky Starks out running around. James Storm even showing up at other, other places. Royce Isaacs is a free agent. Zicky Dice is going somewhere pretty soon. Robert, this was awesome. They complained about not being on full gear. They should complain about not being on full gear.
3: They absolutely should. And Alex, you've been with me. You know that I complain about the rankings. Mm-hmm. And they came out here and they obliterated the rankings. They talked about... Brian Cage being number one and not being on the show. Ricky Starks having a phenomenal record and yet not being in the top five. This was so good because it was so logical. And then you combine it with three people who know how to talk and know what they're doing. And also a lot of references to Tony Khan on TV this week. A
1: lot of shit references, too. They lean yes. heavy into shit tonight. <laughs> it's a to go-home show, so you got to talk about shit. So, Robert... Uh, you mentioned a lot of Tony Khan references. This was also today, I believe, the first reference publicly by the company of him being a general manager, which was done online. I don't think it's hard for me to believe that's a coincidence.
3: I think they're getting it together where they know, hey, we don't need you to be a McMahon, but we need you to be more in a booking presence. committee.
1: Yes. Yes. And I'm OK with that. I'm I'm all right with that because actual guy who we know owns the company makes a lot more sense than the TNA booking committee. Cause I just thought that that was like Eric Watts and Vince Russo backstage, like making matches or something. You never know. <laughs> we have uh Justin Lopez sending a super chat. He says, I like Trent, but he's a tag guy who shouldn't be getting multiple near falls on a guy who could be a main event or Trent ceiling TNT champion at best. Well, I mean, I'll say this. You would have hated Trent's ROH stuff then because my thing was like, why is he kicking out of everything? They would throw him off a skyscraper and he'd throw his arm up. Like it was, it was, it could be very, very frustrating. I think his
3: ceiling is better than the TNT title, but I, I do think he needs to stay
1: in the tag lane for now. Do you which do you think is higher, and I'll ask this of both of you: TNT Championship or challenging for the AEW World Title, whether that may be on pay per view or TV? Mm, I would say, if you
3: have the right run, being a TNT champion is bigger.
2: Have have, having a belt and actually getting a good run out of it is is I think better than challenging for the for the top belt, but never. Getting the 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 the, the mid card belt. I think that I think he can do. There's no reason he can't do both. Yes. He's incredibly talented, and he just needs the right build to become to like all of a sudden you flip a switch and all of a sudden Trent's right there.
1: And I do like the method that AEW has, where they're like, "Hey, we got somebody on a hot streak like Jake Hager, but we're not going to use him in the title picture. Him losing to the champion's not going to hurt. Let's get that win for our champion. We've got a title match. Then we'll move on past that. I dig it. I'm, I'm all for that." Um, the team Taz stuff was so good, and yeah, they they did obliterate the rank- rankings. Jimmy Van was asking me who challenges Moxley next if if Omega or Page will be at a pay per view, and I'm thinking Cage, Starks, or Scorpio Sky. They've got good records. Are they going to win the title? No. So it should be Starks or or Scorpio because, quite frankly, Cage Cage had his match, but right. Yeah. Uh, we have the Young Bucks taking on Private Party, but before all of that, Sammy Guevara attacks Matt Hardy. I really enjoyed them weaving this in and out of the program, Robert.
3: Perfect. Perfect, because we know that we're getting a a cinematic match in the Elite Mm -hmm. Deletion, and it's just a good build, and now they can properly finish their feud the way they were supposed to, and hopefully Sammy gets a big win, because he deserves it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. So before this match, you had Tony Schiavone interviewing Kenny Omega, who said that he relocated to Jacksonville to focus on the tournament. He seemed a little bit more open to Hangman Page here. One of the beautiful things about AEW, I, I can look at that, and Alex so eloquently and often breaks down motivations of a character and like what they could be. And in WWE, usually it doesn't matter, as Alex, as you know, quite frankly. It's it's you coming up with them yourself and hoping they'll do it. Yep. And we see Mustafa, Mustafa Ali doing it all the time on his own. Yes. We saw Daniel Bryan doing it all the time on his own. This, with Hangman and Kenny Omega, I feel was formulated from the beginning, where Omega distanced himself, and now that... It's it's like a clingy friend or something like that, and you're like, I don't want to spend this much time with you. I like you just fine, but do your own thing. Now that he sees Hangman doing his own thing, he's more like, okay, we're cool, but I, I wanted to do my own thing. We got that out of page two. It played into this match, but these sit-downs are really good, Robert.
3: So good. Um, Another reference for TK by Kenny Omega saying, listen, I know that I'm a top guy. I how would this work in sports if, you know, both of your opponents can't compete? I can just walk in there and say, hey, I should get a bye to the finals. But it meant more to me to compete and earn my spot in the finals. Good stuff from Omega. Great build to this match. They might steal the show. It's a stacked card,
1: but this could very easily steal the show on Saturday night. How'd you feel about the match? Private Party and Young Bucks. I felt like with as bad as this build has been, and this is the first just complete whiff from AEW, I think, in it, for a big match build. I thought that last week it was okay, and this week, them getting a win over the team that upset them one year ago kind of displayed the cohesion in which the Young Bucks have now compared to a year ago. I thought it was important to the story in making it a little bit more digestible.
3: So they they had to run this back because they had already gotten the win in the four-way. And they had to run this back due to Scorpio's guy being exposed to COVID. But it still worked. The only miss for me is that they're super heels here. And then FTR attacks. And now we don't. They're the sympathetic baby faces again. But it's a good match. Uh, Private Party will be tag team champions within maybe a year or two. But right
1: now, they did great as an enhancement team for the Bucks. I don't have as much of a problem with... Like, I know a lot of people say, who's the baby face? I don't have a problem with that. I like an AEW that month to month, you can kind of decide if you like somebody or if they're giant pieces of shit. I, I enjoy that because Conor McGregor can be either the most charismatic, like, draw, or you can look at him and go, man, what a jackass. Like, I don't want to watch him fight again. Like, that that exudes more realism to me. Uh, After the match, FTR hit the ring. They attack the Bucks. Tully Blanchard brings in a steel chair. Um, Cash tried to break the ankle of Matt Jackson, but Hangman and Omega make the save. Hangman first with a glass. I do not know why he would not set the glass down. That is one of my qualms here. It's like, (laughs) I get what they're trying to do. I
2: mean, it's an extension (laughs) of his arm at this point. Like it never leaves the hand. He just walked out there because it's always
1: there, you know?
3: If he needs to, he can throw it at somebody. You never underestimate something to
1: throw. I I wish he would say that. And here's the thing. In AEW, he might say that. Or he might just fucking throw it. (laughs) That's
3: what you've seen in the past. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, maybe this is what it's leading to, where he finally says, I don't need this anymore, and he throws it at whoever he's in the ring with at the time.
1: I think that was... That's a perfect explanation for me. Rob Wilkins says, technically SRS, you ended the Nightmare Collective. Let me tell you about mm. Carlos Toro's old head ass when I'm running around that that venue with the Bailey haircut. he's going, <laughs> man, it doesn't look that bad. And I'm like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, did I make him mad? Why is he lying to me <laughs> about
2: this? <laughs> but you, 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 you raised were, your confidence,
1: John. Yeah, where
2: Credit credit's due, Sean. You were the one who ended it
1: yes i was and carlos was trying to be a nice guy because yeah. he is a nice guy uh the nerd guru says taz or mvp who's the better promo in 2020 i'm gonna go with taz just because he is in a place where it matters more if mvp were in aew i might be saying him it's really like fifty fifty five forty five 55 45 to me here alex what do you think
2: um uh i I agree with you i mean it it's it, it really is depends on on what what they're being given and and what what it does it mean something at the time, or is it just like words?
3: yeah, see, I'm going to go with mVP because mVP was able to raise the stock of Lashley, who was in an awful storyline, Cedric Alexander, who was doing it's nothing, true. and Shelton the same, but I think overall there's no substitution for experience, and these guys are proving that
1: this year. MVP promoed himself into a contract. Yeah. They yeah. brought him in as a producer. And yeah. Like, no,
2: yeah. No, that's very true.
1: And then they're like, ah, you know what? No more producing. We're, we're just going to have you wrestle and do promos all the time. Oh, boy. So, first off, I want to get to the pack thing first. They had billed pack as like speaking. He, he speaks. And we got the promo, the video. God. And I do. I'm like, okay, well, they could have done this for a while, but there was no reason to. Right. If he wasn't going to be around, there's no reason to. But he says that nobody uh to play with while he's in isolation and he's a casualty of the rotten world, but he's getting better. Alex, this seems like it's right up your alley. Oh
2: my god, this I mainline <laughs> this right into my veins. You <laughs> kidding me? The the thing where like he's sitting there and then there's another puck like in in his it is gear like behind him in the shadows. And then there's 12 of them. Like that's brilliant stuff. And like, that, I know we like, we like, that was just
1: Jeremy of- Lambert. He has become a master of disguise <laughs> now after Friday show.
2: <laughs> it's just very true. Um, I I think this is all amazing. And I love the, like the clips of him watching where it's like, isn't that, wasn't that Kingston talking to, 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 uh, yeah. to Like, like what, what's, what's your little British friend? I'm like, if if Kingston has to lose the thing versus Moxley, if the next thing is Kingston, like kill me if you gotta beat me, you're gonna kill me, Eddie Kingston versus yeah. Pac, who just wants to murder everybody, like that's that's an amazing consolation prize for Kingston that we get to have that feud and for us as well. Like, but if that's if that's where we're headed, amazing. Uh, the last time they did one of these with Pac, you know, like stranded over in England, not being able to do anything, it was also amazing. Like. Uh, it's it's so tantalizing because I miss this guy so much. I was such a huge fan of his heel run with the Cruiserweight Championship in, in, in WWE and the, the stuff that he's done since he left, since he took his ball and said, I don't want to play your little game. I'm going to, I respect myself more than you respect me. I'm going to go be amazing elsewhere. He has been, and I can't wait for his return. Robert, how'd you feel? Unfortunately for
3: hack stop and go since he's signed with aew through no fault of his own but this guy is so so good i'm a little worried about the state of his mental health quarantine has been (laughs) rough on people but you know what he gets it he's coming back and i think one of those 12 pox or at least seven of them showed to be full gear ready yes so are we gonna see him on
2: saturday
1: WWE booked this guy as generic Mighty Mouse at one point. Yeah. He, he had a cape.
2: <laughs> he did. He had a, he had a damn
1: <laughs> cape. <laughs> cape. Well, I want to give John Moxley and Eddie Kingston some capes after this freaking promo. <sighs> this should have closed the show. I would yeah. have said maybe a little bit different if Cody announced that he got his full name back or something mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Although, Cody cut an amazing promo. I, I just want to say that. But I did not need to see Austin Gunn winning the main, main event segment. Uh, no disrespect to Austin Gunn either. I think he's going to be really good. He's He seems like a natural. But this promo was so frigging good. And I, quite frankly, before this, I was like, okay, another match. It's going to be good. The promos will be good. But this just get me, get me on a locomotive train to Jacksonville. I'll walk into Daly's place masked up at this point. They, they said, first off, they made complete sense of it. If they make contact with each other, if they hit each other matches off, Mm -hmm. matches off. And Oh God, Eddie Kingston got nose to nose talks, talks about the sacrifices that he's made and, he's become everything he hated to be the champion and and to get back at Moxley. And then Moxley says that he promised Kingston's mom and Kingston gets so angry. He has to turn around and you don't hear him in the mic. Also, also I got so excited. I skipped it over. Kingston didn't want to let go of the microphone. God, it's so good. So good. uh. And this he, was too he said, good. Oh, hold on. First off, Moxley says Kingston made a promise to his mother that he can't keep, and Kingston says you better get ready to kill me. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Sorry, Robert, go ahead. I have been very critical of
3: this rivalry because I first of all, we did not know all of this backstory. We did not know that they broke bread together, that he said grace with his mother. We they sold me as soon as Eddie Kingston said I'm going to throw this belt at my mother and say, this is why I never gave you a grandchild. This is why I never gave you a daughter-in-law because this is all that ever mattered. They sold me there. And then for Moxley to say, I know your mother. And, you know, I know what's, I don't know what's going on with you because loudness is a sign of weakness and you've been the loudest guy in the room for a while. And what's going on with you? Because you're not weak. And they are fuming.
2: And my God, I am now ready to see these two men kill each other. Uh, the, the 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 okay everything that Kingston did to start out with amazing, it, I mean, like like I don't want to undersell it it's amazing but Moxley took it to another level when he's like I made a promise to your mother Ruthie I promised that I would take care of you I promised you I would I would, look, I would look after you but you made a promise to your mother Ruthie too and it eats you up inside that you're not gonna be able to make to you have to break that promise to your mother Ruthie Ruthie your mother I w- I was so it was like a Scorsese scene. I was. I'm so on board with how real it feels between these two guys. I am sold. I made a promise to your mother, Ruthie. For me, is like uh, St- St- uh, Stone Cold Austin says, uh three sixteen. Like that. Yeah. Like to me, that that is. I, that's so I felt so honest. I loved it.
1: Also, something that I say to Twitter trolls with regularity. Uh, so one of the things, well, the most valuable things I was ever told in wrestling training was think, shoot, then work. It helps you from getting lost. Like you, if you always imagine things as if you're shooting and if you're in a real fight or a real competition, you don't get lost as much. It feels like that's how Eddie Kingston approaches promos. Think, shoot, then he works. Mm-hmm. And if it goes together, great. But if not, you know, there's some realism there. This was really, really awesome. Like, I I just can't say enough good things about this. Eloquent says, Eddie Kingston's the best promo in wrestling. It's hard to disagree with that. Robert, where do you stand on that?
3: Eddie Kingston talked himself into a contract with this company when he came out on Dynamite a few months ago and said, Arn, you know, you got to grow up with legends to Cody. I had to grow up in the streets and... This was more of that, and I know they said, "Hey, tune into uh, Countdown on Friday, and you'll get more of the backstory." I wish they just would have given it to us here because this was the money, and I am ready to see these two men. Whatever Moxley did with Omega last year, throw it out the window because there's going to be some realism on Saturday night when he's punching teeth out of Eddie Kingston's mouth. And poor Ruthie, I'm feeling for Ruthie <laughs> right <laughs> Ruthie. now. Ruthie,
1: so bad for your mother. Poor Ruthie. Ruthie. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications, donate a super chat if you want your question or statement read on the air. That's what 813South did. He says they need to put Jungle Boy and Brian Pillman Jr. together as the new Hollywood Blondes. The story is already there. The son of a famous actor and Pillman Jr., the son of the great Brian Pillman, book it. Is Is Brian
3: Pillman not already teaming with Jungle Boy? Uh,
1: So you get that joke. I get that joke. Alex might not because he doesn't watch BTE. (laughs) I don't. But – brian pillman teams with griff garrison who is jumbo jungle boy basically and they keep confusing him for jungle boy on the show so i mean and they they, a lot of people have called them like the new hollywood blondes didn't seem like like uh brian was keen on that although he's played plenty of plenty of homage to his father maybe down the line but i think that both of these guys can stand on their own. I think
2: also you could do that and then you could still keep uh Luchasaurus with him because he's the the grandson of the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. So it all works together, Hollywood blots.
1: Evan Wright says, Robert rules. Much love to Alice. Good to see Sean back. I'm late, but thought this go home show ruled. Eddie is dying Saturday. He might, <laughs> he might and Guerrilla Press says, Thunder Rose, the Thunder Rosa documentary, begins filming tomorrow. Get that Fightful merch, hashtag FTF, donate Super Chat. Yeah, you can get the FTF shirt at wrestletalkmerch.com. You can get Sour Grap shirts at com. All kinds of good stuff over there. Reminder, uh, get your Super Chats in. We are k- kind of coming to the close of the AEW coverage. Uh, backstage, Alex Marvez interviews the Natural Nightmares. The Bunny interrupts them. Butcher and Blade attack. This is—I mean—they'll set up a dynamite match. This was fine.
3: No, this this was even better than that because they gave some logic and context to everything with Allie and QT Marshall. It's like yeah. they woke up this week and were just like, "Logic, we're gonna just run it all." Because Allie said, "Hey, QT, it was fun here. All your credit cards are maxed out," and then her husband beat him up. We'll Great. see.
1: That should be how it normally is. (laughs) And I'm just like, we should, that shouldn't be like, wow, that's amazing. That should be the standard in wrestling, making sense of stuff. Well, Nyla Rose defeated Rev Velvet. This was fine. After the match, Vicky Guerrero calls Brandy, the chief bullshit officer, cuts a promo on on Sheeta. They got to put more of a highlight on whoever the champion is at any given time. It's pathetic.
3: Yeah, this is there's a media call with Cody tomorrow. And the one question I want is, what are you doing about hiring some domestic women talent? Because this company needs it badly. I will say this was the best thing I've seen Vicky and Nyla do since they were paired months ago. And I enjoyed that. Again, another reference to Tony Khan. Vicky said,
2: Call, claygranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: He's forcing Sheeta to defend the title. This worked on that level, but ultimately, it just feels like a filler. Where's Britt Baker? This
1: title should be on Britt Baker. Yes. She should be, like, helping make... They should be doing Babyface Factory for Britt Baker. Yeah. She is the top character. Uh, Evan Wright says, Vicky Saint, excuse me, in Japanese ruled. Yes, it did. And as you mentioned, there there's talent out there. Allison Kay, They're bringing her in. Uh, Thunder Rosa they can at least use here and there. It, it looks like, but I mean, Jody Threat in Canada, get her a visa, get her down here. She's amazing. If you all don't know who Jody Threat is, look her up on Twitter. Uh, Alley Cats out there. You've got Trisha Dora. I know Priscilla Kelly has interest from somebody else. Billy Starks a little bit too young, but some people out there. Elena Nicole Black, Nicole Savoy is out there. Um, man, there's a whole lot of people. Han is out there. They they they're talking to Layla Hirsch. She got Lindsay Snow. You, there's a lot of people available right now. It's it's robust to say the least. They need to do it because this is great, and
3: but they can do so much more with their division, and they don't need to be relying on waiting for foreign talent to be ready when we don't know what the world
1: is going to look like in six months. I agree. Guys, if you all want full predictions for AEW Full Gear 2020, I did those this week with Stephanie Chase. Make sure you check it out. She was awesome. We will be having Stephanie back on Fightful. She was fantastic. Make sure you guys check it out. Also, today we did the list and your boy. We talked about Kylie Ray. We talked about all kinds of different stuff, uh, including Full Gear. Uh, uh, now, not, not to really trash you, Tay Boogie, but you said, should they just kill the women's division? They obviously don't need it to be successful. No, that is a bad idea. Yeah, no, not, not yeah, good. And all. I would argue
3: that they do need it to be successful, and that's why they haven't been as successful as a promotion as they can be, because they haven't put enough emphasis on this division.
1: That that Yeah, the, the, they don't need it to be successful as WWE think. It's like, well, they're making record profits. Imagine how much they'd make if they were good imagine where they'd be if they were good sean stephanie mcmahon invented women's wrestling <laughs> well cody and the gun club the new nightmare uh, family combination defeated the dark order and i love john silver in a main event but no no offense austin gunn right now it's a good it's a good way to highlight him and i think that from a body language perspective He's his father's son. That's for damn sure. You could tell that in the All In Battle Royal a couple years ago. Like from a body language and and facial expressions perspective, he's already there. He's ready. He had some time in ROH, Robert. What'd you think of this match? It was. It my, seemed like it should be middle. My only
3: complaint is just flip the timing on the show with the Kingston Moxley because again, Austin Gunn is fine. Yes, but. We
1: we did and not need to see him. He could end up being good too, really good.
3: He could because like Billy Gunn was really good, but this did not need to close the show. And we still don't really have explanations as to why they joined the Nightmare Family. We just saw some graphics over the weekend that hey, the Gun Club and Lee Johnson are now in the Nightmare Family. But I think the go home was for Cody to say what he said to Darby Allen, which was very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, Evan Wright with a fantastic comparison. Austin Gunn gives me Juice Robinson vibes. That is a really good comparison. Uh, The body language, the selling uh, particularly. So after this, before, by the way, before this, we saw Darby Allen hit somebody in a Cody mask with a car, but the dark order uh, surrounds the ring. Orange Cassidy went after John Silver. I am stoked for that match. That is awesome. Yeah, But Cody cut a really good promo, and he's like, you say that TNT doesn't want you as champion? That's bullshit. They would love you as champion. I would if I wasn't champion, because I recruited you. I had to prove to the other EVPs that that you were worth it. And uh, yeah, and he said that he pissed off a lot of people by going to War with the Empire. I mean, hey, maybe... Maybe Cody should have listened when I brought up Anthony Bowen's name to him last year, too. I mean, take some of your own advice, buddy. Could have got him signed up a year ago. But he says Allen isn't the ace of AEW. I love this. This was really good. Big shocker. Cody Rhodes can cut an awesome promo. Uh, That
3: is why Cody continues to stand head and shoulders above so many on this roster. Uh, This was really good. I almost feel like even though he had a lot of fun after the show, it almost seemed like what came after the show usurped this immediately. Yes. But uh, Cody telling Darby, you're not the ace just made me think, well, Darby's going to get that belt and shove it in Cody's face. Sure, And I'm getting major sting 96 vibes from Darby. And I don't know if <laughs> they're talking to sting. I know there's a lot of, uh, I doubt a button about where sting might be, but like, they they love that comparison. Cody himself on commentary has said it a few times. It's a really good
1: match. They're always good together. I think Darby gets the belt. Awesome show tonight. Evan Wright says, all this ace talk, give me Cody versus Tanahashi, please. I would love I'll a take New it. Japan versus AEW. That's That will sell out Madison Square Garden if things go normal ever again. Yes. We'll see. Well, now it's time for NXT we kicked off with Ember Moon taking on Dakota Kai. I will say this: when you talk about stuff that matters, AEW blew NXT out of the water. I wouldn't say NXT was a bad show, but you got Ember Moon losing. It was by distraction. Here's my thing: to me, I look at this, and one my one of my main takeaways has been: Ember Moon is still like half a step off. She was out of the ring for a long time. You saw that with Tony Storm too. Hasn't like. It, hasn't got the rust off yet. But when I look at the way that Raquel or that Raquel and Dakota won this match, I don't look at it as Raquel's dastardly. I look at it and say, Ember Moon, that character is stupid.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll grant you that. I, I think that they, I, I might, I've never a fan of distraction finishes. I'd much rather have been, have it been like actually been attacked by Raquel on the outside while the ref at his back turned. That's different than like, Hey, don't, you're doing something. Stop doing it. I know you're not Power- involved in this match, but I'm going to look at you. I Power bomber on
1: the apron. Yeah, Roll just, her in.
2: Whatever. Something it. like that. Great. But but people are like, oh, this is terrible for Ember. It shows they don't have any confidence in her. But no, 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 no. Like, listen, not all the amazing women in WWE, in, in NXT can be in the title picture. Yeah. We all we all know, I think, that Ember's going to get back there eventually, but they're going to slow build her back to it by having her take this loss. Then having her beat Raquel, then having her get a win back versus Dakota Kai—it's going to take a month. While yeah. while that's happening, EO has all these people to deal with. Another thing, and then we got Candice and Shotzi—they have their own thing. They're separated from it. Now we have all these other things we can do. Tony storms back. There's it's it's a glut at the top. Now you gotta you gotta take people and put them off to the side and have them do other stuff. I'm fine with this being Ember Moon's first program.
1: Yeah, I am too. And Dakota Kai. I think has been the glue of NXT's women's she division really this has. year. I had questions about her, even even her in ring when she was a baby face. Boy, she flipped heel and all of a sudden it just all came together for her. And now I always look forward to seeing her work. She has been outstanding. Uh the nerd guru says, I don't really need to see Rhea versus EO again. Did they forget that EO pinned Rhea to win the title? Albeit a huge mistake not having Flair pin. that was one of my old issues with NXT was they would run rematches into the ground, especially like the rude Nakamura Joe era. It was like just over and over. This is a little bit different. I think they've discovered the sauce of what makes Rhea Ripley over and it's, Oh, she beats the living shit out of people. She doesn't have to come out there and say, well, if you want to fight somebody, here I am. Uh, you don't have to do that. You know,
2: she whips yeah. ass. That's true. Uh, also, like they, I don't know, they they might have forgotten it. It was in May. Like it's not like they, that. EO pinned Rhea three weeks ago. It was in yeah. May, and we're now in November. Fair. So, like they they have enough. They've they've got enough buffer time. And also, I appreciate that in that little promo, uh, EO said, "I want to face Rhea one on one," which yes. is something she hasn't done for the title, and that is a, that is a distinction because. You had Charlotte in there gumming up the works for a few weeks, and it really, really screwed with the women's title division. Uh, And now it's back.
1: Yeah. Kushida and Cameron Grimes, there are a few things that I'm liking more on NXT than Kushida with a mean streak. Yeah, he's great. It's working for me. It's working for me. I like it. I'll tell you what I don't like. The referee from the zombie (laughs) thing last week coming (laughs) out and causing a distraction. This is one of the dumbest Mm -hmm. finishes I have ever, ever seen alex
2: zombie ptsd is a real thing it affects hundreds of thousands of floridians it's every off. year off and other- <laughs>
1: yeah
2: <laughs> it's, it's, ter- it's it's terrible <laughs> it's terrible i have no excuse for it yeah i absolutely i not. <laughs> i love cameron grimes's reactions to he's amazing like that's great the whole thing with this the with the zombie house and the zombie ref it only worked because it was cameron grimes like, oh, my God, this house is full of zombies. Naked lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole thing. Like, it only worked because it was him. Yeah. So so him, like, it, this is a terrible idea. It's it's unspeakably bad. But it works somehow because it's Cameron Grimes reacting to it. It's not going to work if you have him it do it until Thanksgiving. Like, I understand it was the ref <laughs> that he saw who was a zombie last week fine if he's still doing this when there when there's christmas decorations around we have a problem
1: um trump's prosecutor says have you guys seen the jordan devlin promo now robert have you seen it i have um <sighs> jordan
3: devlin they look in the ring i like them if they're going to go with them they're going to go with them i, I don't want to get bogged down in that <laughs>
1: He, boy, is that a point echoed on so many different every show that I do right now? Well, they're good in the ring, but I, I mean, we'll be brought it, up that, again later on this show. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that feels like the vibe they want to give us right
3: now. So if you're going to go with them, look, Jordan Devlin is going to eventually have to do something with that championship he has on his shoulder. It, it's good for what it is, but it's it is what it is.
1: It sure is what it is. <sighs> so that's our second distraction finish. I love Kushida getting a win no matter what. I yeah. I think they finally see something in him. This is a guy who didn't get a locker in NXT for several months. The recruits were upset. I had act- active NXT wrestlers saying they haven't given Kushida a goddamn locker. Even one person said they gave me one and I almost gave it to him <laughs> type of thing. Because they felt like... Like this is freaking Kashida. So we get another interference finish, the Furry and the Fury against Everrise because you know this one needed to make sure they protected everybody. Well, and I mean and the the match, whatever. But yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I I think they could have ended the match before the uh, the the entrance and the and, and the the beatdown. Same. But but I will say. Um, having what seems to be a fairly lower mid card tag match going on. And the announcers breaking in with a split screen of uh, Pat and Pete and the lads showing up at the arena felt very 1997 NWO in a good way. Like, Oh my God, these guys are here and they're much more important than what's going on in the ring. Like they did that too much for a long time in WCW. This this felt important because it was this at a particular time. And I love them just walking down to the ring, beating everybody's ass, Pat McAfee taking a camera and shaking it because he oh. knows how the production works there. Queen Hannah,
1: Pat shaking the camera on NXT was top tier. <laughs> yeah. I didn't laugh at any single thing this week on wrestling harder than Pat McAfee. I could also see him looking for the zoom button. <laughs> I saw him with his finger. Like where, was, where is that? Where go is that back, go back and look at it guys. He was looking for the zoom. I loved it. It was amazing. Uh, Robert Pat is a natural at this promo thing. He God, throws in like the right number of inside terms without blowing it out of, of believability. Had, The Eddie Kingston, John Moxley segment
3: not occurred. This would have been the best segment of the week. Pat McAfee is so good. It's almost, it should be illegal to not have come up in the industry and be this good. Uh, Everything they did with Pete Dunne, again, tying in the logic, the logic of Roderick Strong, you screwed me over two years ago. I didn't forget. And now it's time. I've never been more psyched for a war games match, which is
1: wild because it's Pat McAfee and we should not be this excited. (laughs) But damn it. Here we are. When he was training for that match, I knew somebody who was in impact at the time of D'Angelo Williams and was in WWE at the time of Ronda Rousey. And they just hit me up and they were like, dude, McAfee is legit. And I was like, how legit? And they said, better than Rousey, better than D'Angelo. And I'm like, what two of the greatest single first match performances ever, and then we see how it works out. Also, I haven't been able to comment on this. Pete Dunn, I've mentioned this on other shows. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the the rise and fall of ECW, but I, I look at I look at John Silver and and Pete Dunn in the same light. Vince McMahon referenced Taz and his booking in WWE, and he was like. A lot of people that were fans of ECW were upset about how we booked Taz because he was their sawed-off monster. And I'm like, that's a hell of a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Sawed-off monster is a badass gimmick. And all due respect to Pete, I didn't necessarily buy it as much now as when he walks out there sleeveless, mm-hmm. looking like he's about to, like, Shred you some cheese or something off his biceps. <laughs> it's unreal, Alex.
2: He he looks like he's been doing nothing but bicep curls for all of quarantine. Yeah. Like it, it it's it's great. And I I I I do love the subtlety of not I don't even, even that subtle, but just the, 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 the image of I'll let Oni and Danny handle the big guy. I'm gonna stomp the face of poor Drake Maverick for yeah. two solid minutes. That's 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 good stuff. Um all the whole beatdown's great uh the other thing about it is that when when they're done cutting this great promo which i think was great we're like i love i love pat's thing at the end like uh we're gonna raise this to the rafters and retire them wait a minute hold on this is a democracy so do you guys want to do this or is it just me you don't you don't want to do it okay let's find let's lay it on fire in the trash can yeah they go outside to the parking lot and and killian dane's still pissed about getting jumped and he's he's a man of of great pride in himself, so he decides to take on all, all of them by himself and gets his face kicked in by a, a car door. And that means that Pete Dunn's first match back is likely going to be against a pissed off Killian Dane, who we know is gonna lose the match. But that's a great thing to like watch Pete Dunn, a sawed-off monster, go against the, the beast of Belfast. Like, what a great way to, to show who Pete Dunn is to a bunch of people who might not be familiar with him because you know, he's been away from, from, from WS audiences for months
1: now. And this was a lengthy promo. And I thought that so, some of these are, are bordering on too long, but so far it's still very new. We heard Lorkin speak. We heard Birch speak. I thought that was important. And outside, they attacked or they, they ended up beating up Killian Dane and driving off. Pat McAfee is the right amount of obnoxious heel to where it's like. I want to watch him compete, but I don't like him.
2: Yes. And I also, I also love that he's just so succinct. Oh, hey, before we go, I want to let you know, uh, we're the greatest and you suck. Yes. <laughs> like, that's it. Like that's that's what a heel should do. Don't tell me how bad my town smells and how bad I smell because I live in the smelly town. Tell me that you're the greatest and that I suck, and then leave, and that's great. Perfect.
3: Justin, See, Lopez. what I like about this is Oni and Danny are cheeky because they're happy that they're finally getting a shot. And Pete Dunn is laser focused. He's not going to play into the bits, but he will
1: stick around to beat people up. And this was perfect. Justin Lopez says, Paul's found my next Heath Slater, pal. Vince watching Grimes. I think Grimes has better comedic timing and facial expressions and delivery even. I think that he's exceptional at comedic stuff. He's great. Mm-hmm. Evan Evan Wright says the usage of Kushida until now is jail-worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I need an NXT main event out of Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida very badly. What I need out of you guys is the thumbs up. Tap that bell. Subscribe. But donate a Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. If you want more than one question read, I do a Q&A show every week on FightfulSelect.com. Just before this show, I broke news of a new name in NXT and that was uh, one uh, I think it's Anthony Green now he's going by I think like Austin Gray or August Gray whatever it is but we saw the the Timothy Thatcher wrestling school and August Gray ends up attacking him that again that is the former Anthony Green and (laughs) Linda's chance of staying in the cabinet sent a super chat and I want to find it For a split moment, I legit thought we would see a Von Flu choke on WWE TV. Wrestling fans, let me explain to you the Von Flu choke. (laughs) You have to put yourself in a Von Flu choke to have it happen. It's where you grab a guillotine choke and the opponent ends up in side control, much like the opponent was for Timothy Thatcher. What you do is while that person has the guillotine choke on, you put your arm underneath their head. Their own arm with the guillotine choke closes off one carotid artery. You close off the other and you lean forward. You have to hold You have to keep yourself in it. And actual, honest to God, UFC fighters fall for it sometimes. So when I saw it there, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to go on a rant because I always (laughs) rant when this happens. It's something you learn first week of Catches Catch Can Wrestling class, jujitsu class, MMA class, all that good stuff. And I'm glad we didn't see it here, but Anthony Green getting a little bit of shine. what do you think, uh, Alex? Uh, it's, new it's, name sucks,
2: it, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Austin, Austin Gray is yeah. – you already have an Austin theory, August Gray sounds like he's a poet from the 19th century, yeah. Like, so I, I, I yeah, he I kind of looks know. like he is, yeah, if it's, it's, it's true. Um, but I, I I, I think it's weird because they, they they gotta like bring in new recruits for Thatcher to be like they 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 had Thatcher they put him over Riddle uh, again back in May and since then I don't remember a high profile win I know he's had a bunch of big matches where he looked really good but he lost yeah. and so now they're gonna give him victories over his recruits I don't I don't know I don't know if that's that's great I still think that that he had these great things of like hey this when Damian Priest does this this is coming. So be ready for it. And here's your counter to it. But he never used those counters in matches versus him. So like, he should actually do that. Be a, be a wrestling coach to other guys and like basically be a a stable of shooters like Dean Malenko back in mid 90s. Exactly. Just basically do that. Just do that. Um, But, but this is interesting. I suppose I did love where he was like, here's how to get out of this, of this move. But I didn't tell you that if you use that escape, I know a counter to that escape. I like that he's doing that. It's
1: it's dastardly. It's good. So our fight team, we had a catch wrestling team, and that, that was kind of the thing that we did. We did, like, the catch wrestling team gimmick on the indies. And one of the things that we were about to do before that particular indie closed was our coach would let his opponent put him in a submission hold, and then as soon as it happened, he would turn it around, reverse it, and submit somebody. I think Timothy Thatcher doing that, like, here you go, buddy. Here's your double wrist lock. Then he floats over and takes an armbar out of that and taps him out immediately. Like, how can you stop this guy? Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Especially if he knows what you're doing. I think that'd be magnificent. We have Evan Wright saying Orange Cassidy versus John Silver versus Anthony Green versus August Gray. Battle of what color is the best? My name. My God, this name change sucks real bad. It is bad. Uh, thank you, Ron Patel, for the generous super chat. Uh reminder, guys, you all can still get those in. Tay Boogie says <laughs> that was a little aggressive. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite battle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yep. was really good. Yeah. Tony Storm, Shotzi Blackheart. Robert, would you be surprised if I told you this resulted in a distraction finish?
3: No, I wouldn't because I guess Wednesday nights are for distractions.
1: Yeah, that, well, on Fightful, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays are. Yeah. Jeremy Much Lambert, better distractions, though. It is. They're taking the world by storm. I love that their numbers are shooting through the roof. Jeremy Lambert, Joe Holbert, they review movies. They review albums at this point. they reviewed John Cena's and Elias's. I hope they review Macho Man's, for the love of God. Uh, <laughs> actually, them reviewing movies won Meek QuizzleMania last week which was pretty cool. Check out their show. Show them some love. This is them doing their own thing. They are left to their own devices, and I love that. Uh, We've found a lot of good success with Alex and Jeremy and Joe just doing their own thing that works, and I'm glad that it's connecting with you guys. But Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart, this match was pretty good. Pretty good, I thought. Again, I think Tony is still getting her wits about her, so to speak, in the ring after having a break but what do you think of this alex
2: uh it's decent i i it was weird like shotzi said that regal allowed me to pick my opponent after i hosted you know no in havoc and i i chose tony storm and i guess tony had like a a thing which was like well you chose the wrong one uh shotzi but shotzi comes out like 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 tony had like Like just insulted her mother or something. Like it was so weird the how Shotzi was so pissed at her to start with. Okay, great. Don't talk about Ruthie. Yeah, don't talk. Don't you talk about my mother, Ruthie? Um, (laughs) I I I thought this is this was a good match between these two very very good women, uh, in 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 the division that is that I still think is is one of the very uh, best ways to delineate NXT from AEW. If you love women's wrestling, NXT is the place to be on Wednesday nights. Like there's 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 no to me there's no uh no question about it. But yes, the distraction was stupid. But Very to me, stupid. what's even stupider is the idea that they're seriously not, not just feuding, but seriously feuding about Candace running over uh Shotzi's glorified toddler toy.
1: And and like, I'm sitting there like, Shotzi, you ran over actual humans, yeah, and laughed yeah. about it. Like, like it's Sh- gonna
2: happen. Shotzi's reaction is, is as though. Um, like the uh, uh Tony had
1: over- to console her. Yeah,
2: she- she- reacts as, as though as though Candace ran over her dog yeah. or something. Like the, and- the, this this is this is I know it's like your thing, like your tank is your gimmick, but just go buy another one. Like, yeah. like like it's ridiculous that that she's just wailing, keening with grief over the loss of her tank. That's so stupid. And it's also stupid as she's like, you cost me my title. I just ran over your tank. Now we're even. No, that's 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 a stupid thing. That's not really yeah, even. i I'm like,
3: they might be though because look at the reaction I got of her. So they may be
2: even because she was <laughs> well, just dead. Did, did did Candace know that Shotzi has a has a has a weird attachment to this to this pow pow they, power wheels? they got a sponsorship with
1: a tank video game. <laughs> Get them to buy you one for the that's love so of true. Uh, come on, Ghostface ghost face popping up with him. Johnny is such a natural in this role. I didn't know he could be such a yeah. such an arrogant prick, but it works so well. The ghost face thing, it's like, all right, okay, Indy got exposed, so you can't have her there right now. Right. I'm over the... It looks so silly with the ghost face running around. Robert, does is that doing anything for you? So... After what Candace did, I would prefer if the ghost face was Robert Stone, who's just laughing because <laughs> tank is gone. Um, he has low the tank at some point so he could find it while he was underneath there.
3: Yeah, It doesn't work for me, but if this results in Indy getting a huge push, I think it'll be good in the end.
1: There was a lot of positive reaction to how they got Indy over without having her on TV, but also a lot of the NXT wrestlers that I talked to said, Oh yeah. Then they tell us, Oh, well it takes weeks. And we're like, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Not if you do it right. Yeah. But also to WWE's point, they're like, well, what if somebody misses that one episode? They don't know. Uh, that is a good point too. Uh, Legato del Fantasma make their way to the ring. Jake Atlas shows up and attacks them. Uh, and he attacks Santos Escobar and flees the scene. Or he attacked. I think it was uh, Mendoza. Rome, Mendoza. So uh, we'll fix that in our recap. I like this. I was. I'm kind of hoping they just go towards Jake Atlas and Ashanti Adonis as a tag team because I was all for that. And they need more tag teams, Alex.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Like uh, the, the, that six man tag they had a couple weeks ago was all kinds of fire. Uh, and and now they got Kurt Stallion. Like Kirstallion's mm-hmm. around like that. Like I'm waiting for that. Like if he's doing stuff on two oh five live, two oh five live is basically like the AEW dark of NXT. Yes. So um so like have have him show up. Like that's that that's a I mean, I, I love Kirstallion's work. Like
1: really love that two oh five live AEW dark comparison. That is a, completely appropriate. I mean, look at Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff had people asking to work with him before he was signed. People were pitching storylines for him when he wasn't signed. He had some good showings and they signed him up. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I think it's, it's pretty good. And and I'm okay with this. Zia Lee interviewed backstage. She's been getting mysterious letters because I, I guess people that she knows do not have email, which okay. And Boa had been bringing her these letters. Now, Some of you might remember that she was advertised for a kickboxing fight last weekend or the weekend before WWE did not know about this. And when they did know about this, they said, no, you don't. And Alex, I don't blame them. No, no, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. You don't. (laughs) this ain't Twitch or cameo. (laughs) This is this is lady. You might get your orbital orbital bone broken and for no money. And from what I was told, she was like, you guys are disrespecting me. And I'm like, no, they're protecting you. Uh, she went to bat for herself with Triple H. Uh, that's something that I've heard. And she was like, listen, I'm ready. I don't care if I win all the time. I just want to be on TV. I'm fine with this. It's a little sub storyline as senseless as it might be.
2: Yeah, we 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 still don't know the, like, these letters from my from my family. Well, what's in them? I won't tell you that. So that's the thing they're gonna they're gonna hold out on us. I'm not really sure, but like the fact that like she got a new one from Regal, who's like the postman. Um, like, yeah, Paul Westy is so <laughs> overwhelmed right <laughs> now. This letter just arrived. This letter just arrived in the post, um, and so he's so he's got it here for her, and she opens it up, and she's like, "Now I need a, ma- a match with Raquel." Like uh, her, uh, is, do we know if like her family? is high up in the Chinese government. Cause I don't understand like what the deal is of like her, my, my dad disappointed in me. And so I have, I have to wrestle. Doesn't really carry a whole lot of weight. considering we got, you know, your mother Ruthie over on the other show. Like, it's like, it's, it doesn't really do much for me. Uh, so I, I hope there's like a specific reason for it as opposed to like, I must honor my family, which is the most generic Chinese storyline that they could do. It's like a, out of a Kung Fu movie.
1: Yeah, it really is. So they close the show. Tommaso Ciampa defeated Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream tried to cheat to win, but Ciampa ends up getting the pin. I mean, you know the drill. Dream ain't winning right now, any big matches. And that's probably the best thing. Robert, as you mentioned earlier, guy is really talented in the ring, but he's kind of bogged down with some other stuff. This one hurts,
3: because, like... A year ago, two years ago, we were all like a velveteen dream should be skyrocketed to the moon. It's clear that uh, there's some personal stuff that may prevent that. They have now turned it into a thing they say on television where everybody's just kind of saying, oh, you just won't get out of your way, pal. Uh, One of the biggest articles I ever did that got hits was Triple H saying his immaturity in his personal life affects his professional life. If you're going to keep him on air, I guess he has to lose. But at some point, you got to either fish or cut bait. And right now, I don't like that Dream is in limbo because you can't even appreciate the talent that he is because there's always going to be this noise. But if they're not going to make any moves to get rid of the noise, then how do we
1: proceed? This is not a super chat, but it did pop me. This match ruined the show with the clean. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, I mean, it wasn't completely clean. There was some fudgery going on there. But uh, Alex, it's it's hard for me to invest in any match featuring this guy right now. And that that's unfortunately how it is. I consider myself a very objective reviewer in that sense. But it's hard for me to invest for the same reason that it's hard for me to invest in Austin Theory matches. I know he ain't winning. Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. Like they, they did, They did. Uh, it, it feels like forever ago, but they did a thing where like Austin Theory says, "I quit," and they haven't followed up on that at all, which is weird for them to not he follow up on that. I can't. He quit. He quit. I he quit. I guess he quit. Um, but you know, but then again, as we talked about on, on that review, Kevin Owens quit one time and then showed up the next week <laughs> like it was nothing. So yeah. you know who knows. But uh, yeah, the Velvet Team Dream thing, it is. It does suck. Robert's right. Like, like it was only a scant a couple of years ago. We were like, strap a rocket to this kid. He's yes. a huge, fu- he's a future WrestleMania main eventer. Like we, like he had so much charisma and everything going for him. And then Nope.
0: And nope. and
1: now once a month I hear, have you heard about Velveteen dream? Yeah. That yeah. ain't great. No. Guys, I'll be doing the Cody media call on Thursday. We'll have the scrums live Saturday after AEW full gear. We also have a post-show podcast. Robert, quickly tell the people where they can follow you. Yeah, you can
3: follow me on Twitter at DudeFelice. You can check out all the other stuff I'm doing over at smartoutmoment.com and WrestleZone.com, and I'll be here all weekend for full gear.
1: For those of you who are listening after the fact, Uh, We're on podcast platforms everywhere at FightfulPods.com. We are starting this show live at 10.30 Eastern every week. I think it gives people an appropriate amount of time to kind of skip through commercials and all that and watch the shows. I learned that during my time off. I thought this went a lot smoother. Trying to keep these to about 60, 70 minutes. We did that. Alex, tell the people what you're up to. Of course, you got sour graps. A
2: popular a, show. A, a, a very popular show Uh on Fightful Select. We like, it's worked out. So it's like eight shows a week. If it, if it, uh, only thing you do on Fightful Select, which you should do a lot more than that, the only thing you do for $5 a month is my show. It's like 60 cents an episode. And the the, the episodes are like 90 minutes long. So I don't even know what yes. that is per minute, but it's, it's really cheap. Uh, I, I but just yeah. say,
1: Alex, do what you want. Say what you want. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, 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 yeah, I, I review uh, Raw and SmackDown uh, Tuesdays and Saturdays, uh, and and I'm I'm not shy about saying where they
1: do no. things wrong. Guys, thank you all so much. If you have any feedback, I I want you guys to give it to me. I want to thank Warren Hayes for all the time that he put in at Fightful. Big shoes to fill here, but thank you to him for the work that he put in. He will be missed here. Until next time, guys. We're out.